the most powerful part of the bots is the rules engine in the back, the, the machine learning you put on it. The intelligence of a bot is mostly depending on the time and effort a bank spends in training the bot. Welcome to We Talk IoT, a regular series of podcasts from the editors of Smart Industry, the IoT business magazine. This podcast is brought to you by Avnet Silica in cooperation with Microsoft. Hi, I'm Tim Cole, the editor-in-chief of Smart Industry, the IoT business magazine. Used to be, if you talked to your computer, someone would call the guys with the butterfly nets. But nowadays, conversational AI seems to be everywhere. Talking machines, our weather forecasters, travel agents, financial advisors, known collectively as bots, they're taking over customer service in a big way. Here today to talk with us about the spread of bots, I'm happy to greet Michael Baldauf, Ambassador of Financial Services EMEA at Pegasystems, a leading provider of software solutions for sales, marketing, and services based in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Pegasystems has five and a half thousand employees in 30 locations worldwide and makes over a billion dollars in revenue. Michael, please tell our listeners what bots are and how they are transforming customer services in finance especially. Bots are a combination of several technologies like national land use processing, um, rules engines, RPAs, and they provide next best actions as well, speaking to your clients, getting all the information together to solve more or less difficult tasks. And the, the nicest thing in finance around that is that you actually can do easy support 24-7 for your customers without having to go in contact centers around the clock, do it in different languages, and easing up all the repetitive tasks that you usually find in customer service, like um, changing addresses and so on. So it's a kind of a beefed up version of Siri or Alexa? Basically, it's Siri and Alexa with a lot of tasks in the back. I mean, Siri and Alexa are, are quite easy to say, play that sort of music. But if you talk to them for about two minutes, Alexa would not know what you want them to do. A bot, chatbot or email bot or so, they can. They are collecting all your data, analyzing all you say, and then have an actually AI in the back, um, which Siri, by the way, doesn't. How smart are bots really compared with, say, just a few years ago? They have made an incredible move in the last couple of years. First, because the recognition of language has improved so much. And the second, the, the generation of language has improved so much. The most powerful part of the bots is the rules engine in the back, the, the machine learning you put on it. The intelligence of a bot is mostly depending on the time and effort a bank spends in training the bot. So usually you start with a very small task and then you build up. But training and training data is of absolute crucial to the success of the bot, if your customer is going to like them or not. It took quite a while for voice and speech recognition to get this far. I remember in the 80s, I interviewed uh, Bill Gates, then the head of Microsoft, 
And uh, I asked him, what is the next big thing in computing? And he said, voice. Our computers will understand us and they will reply to us. And then I asked him, uh, well, when do you think that will be? How long will it take? Oh, he said, that will take at least three or four more years. That was almost 30 years ago. The whole artificial intelligence discussion took a big break in the 90s and the beginning of the 20s when we start, moved around how we're using computers. And it actually came along much stronger once we the world went mobile and uh, we actually had something to talk to. I mean, if you look back, um, did you use the dictation programs back in the 90s? Few people did because language recognition was so bad. Today, it's brilliant. You can even talk in, in any strange um, dialect and the machine will understand you. From the point of view of a bank, what are the main benefits of machines talking to customers? And isn't there a danger of sounding tinny and unpersonal? I wouldn't use bots, at least not, um, not speech bots or voice bots, directly with my high net worth customers. They usually want to talk to a person and they want to be understood. But if you are in a car or if you are just turning around and you need a small piece of information from your bank at any time of the day, um, it's quite easy to just use a bot because you don't mind who's going to tell you the amount you have on your, your current account or if you can change an address or where the next ATM is. If you want to discuss the buying of your new house, I wouldn't want to talk with a bot. And basically, you need to see where to use which bot in the, as a bank. But it can take away a lot of easy points and questions. Bots come in various flavors, uh, and you just mentioned email bots, for instance. Could you tell us what kind of different bots there are out there? There are millions of distinctions everybody who wants to sell bots does make, but for us, the main differentiations are the chatbot, which you're using in the website just to ask questions, where do I find this and that? You find it at basically every web page um, you have, and you find it in your mobile phones as well. Easy support for easy, repetitive tasks. Then you have something like the email bot, which is basically a back office support tool that allows you to, to sort through hundreds of thousands of emails um, as a bank and not have some person open everyone, read everything, and try to make sense of what the people are asking. Then you have basically things like support bots, which are running in the back, supporting your um, your people on the front who's talking to the customer with information. You have the voice bots who are actually the ones calling, talking to you like Siri, Alexa, but they are doing conversational AI. And you have things like the trading bots in the back who are doing the dealings in, in stock exchanges for years already. Okay, the voice bots are popular in call centers. Uh, but also in apps and social media platforms, I understand. Yeah, they are. Because the things that you are talk, that you talk to, <laughs> actually, they made quite a move during COVID because people needed somebody to talk to all the time, not even um, calling somebody. So voice bots are basically the things you talk to when you are calling a contact center. And for easy tasks, they do. And after a while, they switch you over to a person if you're, the things you need are too complicated. We will pause here for a second to listen to a message from our sponsor.
We Talk IoT, the smart industry podcast, is sponsored by Microsoft. Microsoft Azure IoT Hub. Highly secure and reliable communication between your IoT application and the devices it manages. Azure IoT Hub provides a cloud-hosted solution backend to virtually connect any device. Extend your solution from the cloud to the edge with per-device authentication, built-in device management, and scaled provisioning. IoT solution based on Microsoft IoT Hub, then Avnet IoT Connect is your perfect choice. A standardized way to harness IoT so your business can quickly build smart apps and solutions based on the Azure platform. We're back with Michael Baldauf of Pegasystems talking about how bots are transforming customer services, especially in the financial sector. You have said trade bots have been around for a while. Will they one day replace my friendly stockbroker? If you just do trades, they probably do today already. And um, trading at stocks itself, they probably do already. If you are... uh very rich person, you don't want to have a trading bot doing your business. But RobotWise is a supporting tool. The good thing about that, if you use it in in like uh, finance apps, they do know more about you than your banker would. They actually do know where you spent your money on. But still, in in the high net worth, I assume that people still want to talk to people. In just the basics, can you get me 10,000 shares of Pega uh, now for a price off your trading bot is fine with you. And that sort of business will be replaced by trading body soon. Talking about replacing, not everyone in the financial sector is happy with this trend. In fact, bots have been called job killers before. What's your take on that? Well, for the last 40 years, automation and then intelligent automation has killed dozens or thousands of jobs and job types by taking away menial and easy and repetitive tasks. And the same thing is happening in the banking industry right now. But on the other hand, there are new jobs coming along, like working the social media parts, being more creative, doing different business, which the bot can't learn. So I rather say it's changing the way we are working and not killing the jobs altogether. In the last company I worked for, we we looked at it and said in the last 15 years, we lost two types of jobs and one 22. And um, so I'd say it's transferring our jobs to something that is more creative and more demanding in terms of our brain power rather than repetitive. Well, the standard answer always is, you know, uh, yes, we're replacing these uh, dull routine jobs, but that frees up the people within the company to take over more demanding tasks or more rewarding tasks or more interesting tasks, things that really require human intelligence. Is that just wishful thinking? I'd say it's it's 50-50 true. Half of the people you are replacing are able to do and take other jobs, and the other half is probably in a stage where you say, I, I really can't um, use that skill anymore. Like the typist of old, we don't need them anymore. We don't need them for years. And um, it's just changing. What will the next generation of bots look like? What will they be able to do that the bots today can't? 
You will not notice that you will be talking to a bot. The language will be so smooth and easy without any cuts. Um, the understanding of what you actually want will increase the more we train bots in basic understanding. As I said before, it's all about what does a bot know? Um, what can it learn? What did you train him to do? And um, so it will just be very smooth in your life without you recognizing you're talking about. It. If you talk with two people like um, Sophia, the, the KI um, or AI bot, she's still recognizable as a bot, but in a couple of years, her language will be so smooth, you won't notice, you won't recognize. Well, plus maybe people will just get used to it. I mean, I remember when the first um, bank um, machines, teller machines came out, People said, no, nobody's going to use them. They're, they want to go in and, and be served by a human. Turns out, no, self-service seems to be the best kind of service. You can do self-service in your own time and your own space and place. And that's one very nice thing about it. As I said before, 24-7 is unreachable for most banks. A couple of worldwide banks could do it, but it's very expensive to do. And um, if you're sitting up in Saturday evening and want to do your banking business, you can. And you can talk to somebody who's actually talking back to you and can give you advice. So um, I think usable or being used to their bots is one big thing. We all talk to Alexa, Siri, whoever, and it's just normal for us to do so. So yes, I think that's a big part of it too. Personally, I haven't been to my local bank branch office for well, years, to be honest. Are bots going to be the end of banks as we know it? Bots will not kill the banks. There are other things that might kill the bank, but the bot isn't the one who does it. And still, as Bill Gates, which you mentioned before, said a while back, banking is necessary, banks are not. Um, banks have to reinvent what they are doing and what they actually value to their customers is. And um, that's a completely different topic to do. But yes, this is the part they are on. That's part of digitization, finding new ways to be of value to your customers. Of course, technology is not the only transformative thing going on right now. Coming out of the pandemic, what do you think workplaces in general are going to look like when things open up again so the one thing that COVID has taught us is that home office is actually a place you can work i don't know about you but any company i've been before the discussion was raging if people work in home office or not and that has been proven on the other hand it has also been proven that we do need other people to have our full creativity so i think we got to we'll go to a hybrid model where you work a couple of days inside an office, a couple of, or in any other location, but physically with your colleagues. And um, the rest you will work from home and do all the stuff that's good from there. So that's my, the guess I have how we will work in the future. Thank you very much, Michael Ballauf of Pegasystems for sharing your insights with us and talking with us about bots. And now, one more thing. Man and mosquitoes have been waging a war to the death for millennia. But now humans just might be gaining the upper hand. Isla Networks, an IoT platform and solutions provider, has teamed up with Thermocell, 
a specialist in pest control to create Thermocell Live Plus, which they claim is the world's first smart insect repellent system, one that may well put a stop to all that annoying buzz, not to mention itching and potentially dangerous bites. Think Anophilus stephansi, the mosquito that spreads the deadly plasmodium parasite to humans, which causes malaria. Normal anti-mosquito products, such as misting systems, smoke coils, or citronelle candles, typically come with a, pardon the pun, repelling odor. Thermocell's system is scent and smoke-free and uses precisely controlled heat to activate the repellent, which is based on a formula that has proven itself in field tests to be highly effective and capable of repelling up to 97% of mosquitoes. The repeller, or repellers, are connected to a smart hub, so owners can activate and control everything from their smartphones with the help of the Live Plus app and Wi-Fi. Thermocell's system is designed to help homeowners reclaim their gardens and patios from vermin like mosquitoes and ticks, says Adam Chinaki, Thermocell's vice president of innovation. Quote, it's our first solution that can be fully integrated into the home. So we have harnessed the full potential of IoT connectivity to deliver convenience and functionality. That way, we could concentrate on what we do best, delivering reliable mosquito protection to people around the world. Prashanth Shetty, the vice president of marketing for Isla Networks, believes that Thermocell's Live Plus Smart IoT, together with Isla's device management for diagnostic monitoring and over-the-air automation, will provide major benefits for their customers. The new product is expected to become available in February, right in time for the next mosquito season. That was We Talk IoT, the Smart Industry Podcast. You can read all the latest from Smart Industry, the IoT Business Magazine, by visiting our website at www.smart-industry.net, where you'll find hundreds of feature articles about everything from smart manufacturing and cognitive computing to autonomous driving and how IoT and AI are making business smarter. There you can sign up to receive our newsletter, Smart Industry Updates. I'm Tim Cole. See you next time. We talk IoT.